Kan bakis kan Nabis kukmus Jai bia Tiga Ut ogo Musi Sai fo op Flogga Ada inte sia det Ja Då flaggar på bara. Ska inte du se sin och dig? Några namn här? Ja. Lam Hello everyone, welcome to episode 13 of To My Daughter, the podcast where I share my thoughts and experiences with my daughter and you guys get to listen in. Today I'm going to talk about how it was to move back home and into my parents' house. But before I get into today's episode, I'd like to talk a bit about Buzzsprout, which is the tool that I use to publish my podcast online. Before I started podcasting, I did a lot of research to learn about what kind of equipment I needed and to pick up some tips and tricks on what to do and what not to do when podcasting. One of the greatest resources I found that was most helpful to me, who was starting out with no prior knowledge to podcasting, was information shared by Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has a bunch of tutorials on YouTube, and I personally find it very intuitive and easy to use. Within minutes of recording your podcast, Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, and detailed analytics to see how people are listening and which countries they're from, and also tools to promote your episodes and a lot more. While doing research to start my podcast, I came to understand that podcasting is at its early stages still. And people compare it to blogging back in the days. So now is a great time to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. If you plan to start your own podcast and you would like to support this show, then please follow the link in the show notes because it will let Buzzsprout know that I sent you and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. I've been having a lot of fun creating this podcast and I think one of the reasons is because it turned out to be easier than I initially thought and Buzzsprout definitely gets credit for making it easy. So if technicalities of things is keeping you from starting, then I highly suggest you check out Buzzsprout. As mentioned, if you sign up using the link in the show notes, you'll get a $20 gift certificate and you will be supporting this show. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into today's episode. (laughs) 
The moment I moved from Norway to Ireland to work for Google was also the moment I actually moved out from my parents' house. Now, if you're listening to this and you think that that sounds weird, then you're definitely not Asian. Because according to Asian culture, you're not supposed to move out until you get married, especially not if you're a girl. But when I left for Dublin, I sort of moved out of my parents' house. However, when I moved back home to Norway, I actually moved back into their house. By this time, however, my parents had moved to a bigger house and they'd renovated the basement and made it into two small separate apartments. And while I was living abroad, they rented out the basement apartments out. But as soon as they heard news about me moving back home, they ended that contract so that I could move in there. I guess I kind of got to live alone because my parents never bothered me while living down there. My mom would of course call sometimes to ask if I wanted to go upstairs to get some dinner or if I wanted to bring food down. But other than that, I rarely saw them while living down there. The neighborhood that my parents moved into, which is where they still live now, represents hard work and achievement to me. And I'll tell you why. When I was in grade school, maybe 7th or 8th grade, my mom, in addition to working her normal full-time job, would take on additional work cleaning houses for people. And she'd gotten a really good reputation because she did a thorough job. When she vacuumed, she would lift couch pillows and vacuum between the cracks of the couches. And whenever she found anything, be it money or jewelry, that maybe got stuck in between pillows or whatever, whatever it was, she would always leave it somewhere visible to the owner. She would never take a dime from anyone's house. So she earned the trust of the homeowners and was often referred to other people for additional work. I'm actually not sure how the additional money she earned was spent. It could have been groceries or just savings. But a part of it was given to my sister and I. We would often get 10 to 20 US dollars as pocket money. And I don't remember how often we got this, maybe once a month because 10 to 20 dollars sounds like a lot if it was on a weekly basis which I know for sure it wasn't and I don't remember my sister and I ever asking for pocket money but it was a common thing for our friends from school to get weekly pocket money so maybe my mom felt bad and wanted to do the same for us I'm not sure why she started giving us money you know what, I, I'm going to ask her because I'm curious as to why she started doing that and I'll update you guys in the next episode. Sometimes I would come with my mom to help her clean houses and one of the houses that she cleaned was in the neighborhood that my parents currently live in. I remember thinking, wow, so this is where the rich people live. The houses were huge, and to me, they were similar to villas. It's not, by the way, but to me, back in the days, these properties with huge green backyards was where the rich people lived. 
Also, the house that my mom cleaned was filled with golf-related stuff. Pictures on the wall, all small decorative figures and accessories. It was all related to golf. And I remember thinking that golf is a rich person's sport. So in addition to living in this huge house, whoever lived here was playing golf. So that confirmed to me that they were for sure rich. Fast forward about 10 years, my parents ended up buying a house in this neighborhood, the area where, to me, wealthy people lived, the area that my mom back then didn't live in, but only came to clean someone's house. So yeah, their house, though definitely not a villa, represents hard work and achievement to me. What's interesting about this neighborhood is that it's been through what Michelle Obama refers to as the white flight. In her book, Becoming, the former first lady, Michelle Obama, talks about how white families moved out of the neighborhood on the south side of Chicago where she grew up and families like hers moved in. That's pretty much what happened in the neighborhood where my parents live. Back in the days when my mom cleaned houses, the neighborhood was predominantly white. Now there's a lot of Sri Lankan families living there, two Vietnamese families, my parents being one of them, and I think there's only one house left where the homeowner is Caucasian. I think it's an older woman. Her property is huge. She could basically build another house in her backyard and still have space left for a huge backyard garden. Anyhow, so this was a bit of a sidetrack because I was initially talking about Asian culture and how we, as Asian children, aren't supposed to move out until we get married. I essentially followed this tradition, but for about six months while I was taking my master's, I moved out to live in a student apartment. And this was a big deal for my parents. My dad actually decided to disown me for a while. And although I can laugh at it now, back then it was pretty tough. I was a young adult, 22 years old when I decided to move out. And I actually clarified to my parents that I just needed to live alone for a short period. I had six months left of my master's degree, which meant that student housing was only available to me for six months. So I told them I would be back in six months. And I don't think they understood why I did this. They didn't understand why I needed to pay to live somewhere else when I could just live under their roof for free. And yeah, I guess that move was so unheard of that it just didn't make sense to them. At one point, my mom called and asked if I was pregnant because she thought that it was so weird to leave for just six months and then come back home. And she tried to convince me to move back home and that I shouldn't do anything drastic, that if I was pregnant, I needed to move back home and they would help me with the child. And I did my best to assure her that I was not pregnant. I don't know if she actually believed me or not, but I wasn't. My parents felt like they were losing a daughter. That I had sidetracked from everything that taught me about family unity and Vietnamese culture. 
I'm assuming that it felt like I was disrespecting them and that I had made a decision to leave the family. And yeah, as much as this is perceived as a great achievement for any other Caucasian parent, you know, your daughter spreading her wings, taking responsibility, moving out and making her own dinner and taking on part-time jobs to pay for rent, my parents took this as something completely different. I never wanted it to turn out this way, but I was so convinced that I needed to do this for my own sanity that the cost of me doing this, basically being disowned for a while, was worth it. One of the reasons for why I decided to move out was because I had come across an article about women who lived alone. And the article spoke about the importance of women being able to live alone during their young adulthood. I don't remember all of the details of the article, but it sparked some thoughts in my head. I thought, if I don't get to move out and live alone before I get married, then I will never know how it is to live alone. I will have to live under my parents' roof until I find a life partner, and then I will have to move in with my husband. I felt claustrophobic. The idea of marriage being stuck for life with someone, the thought of never being able to live alone, be on my own, and live on my own terms, that drove me nuts. So I did what felt necessary for my own sanity, and I moved out for six months. Once I was done with my master's, I did as promised. I moved back home with my parents. Shuma helped me move my stuff back home, and although this sounds like a small detail, it was important to me to show my parents that Shuma supported me in moving back home. I didn't want my parents to think that Shuma was the bad influence and that he was the reason for why I moved out, because it never was the case. A little over six months after I graduated, I ended up packing my bags again to move and this time to Dublin to work for Google. When thinking back to this moment, I can't even imagine how sad it must have been for my parents because this time around I was officially moving out, but it didn't feel like that to me. It felt like I was preparing to go abroad for an exchange year. Back then, I didn't think much about the fact that I was leaving their house with a one-way ticket to Dublin and with no specific date as to when I would be back in Norway for good. I ended up spending almost four years with Google and by the time I was back home, I was engaged but not married yet, so I was back in my parents' house but this time in their basement apartment. It's worth mentioning that before Shuma proposed to me, he had asked for my parents' permission. He did this when we were back in Norway for Christmas, and it took him almost a year before he actually proposed to me. So even though we were engaged, we were living separately when we both moved back home to Norway. And a year later, we got married and Shuma moved into the basement apartment with me. 
while living there, we basically had no expenses other than food and our hobbies, which was pretty much just gym membership and normal socializing with friends. In reality, if we wanted, we could have gotten free food too. If we just went upstairs because my mom would gladly have made us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But we didn't do that. As for transportation, I eventually got my license and got a company car. And absolutely all expenses related to the car was paid for by Lego. So we managed to save up a lot of money. In addition to savings, I also had Google stocks. And never once while working for Google did I log into my Morgan Stanley account to check the value of my stocks. It was just something that I knew I had, it was there, but never really thought about or truly appreciated as a benefit, simply because I didn't bother to check the value. But once I left Google... I definitely logged into the account and realized what a great benefit those stocks were. So with savings, money that we'd received as gift for our wedding and some Google stocks, we ended up buying an apartment in the same neighborhood as my older sister. We bought the apartment without having seen it because we bought it while it was under construction and it is the apartment that we currently live in. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would truly appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and write a review. Just share what you appreciate about the podcast. Also, if you find it worthy of sharing, then I would love it if you could share with whoever you see fit. Also, I have a separate Instagram account for this podcast. It's podcast underscore to my daughter. So for each episode, I usually post a bunch of pictures related to every episode. I am going to share some pictures of my wedding day, although in this episode, I really don't talk much about it. It ended up being a bit of a side note rather than a big event. But if you're curious about pictures from my wedding day, then check out the Instagram account. Again, I thank you for listening. And as always, wherever you are, I hope you're staying safe.